At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Greg Peterson, sitting in for Scott Seidenberg. A little bit of a switcheroonie when it comes to host says, you just heard Scott Seidenberg on the nightcap. He did a great job there. So glad to be filling in tonight as we had a lot of action on Thanksgiving. For those of you out there on the East Coast, happy Black Friday for those of us out here on the West Coast. Still got two hours left of Thanksgiving, so fill up on some turkey and well, if you're on the East Coast as well, fill up on some turkey as well. It's never too late for a midnight snack. And we're going to get you guys filled up with a lot of plays for Friday. Get you guys a little bit on what we wind up seeing on this Thanksgiving Thursday. The implications of those moving forward. Heck, we've got some live basketball that's going on as well. So we'll get you guys all set on that. And get you guys taking a look at Everything for Friday, everything from the NBA. We've got a big college football card list goes on and on. No guests tonight. I figured, you know what? It's a holiday. Give everyone a day off. Let me do the work. Let me entertain all of you guys. And I know that there are many people out there, first responders. I know that many of you guys wound up being able to volunteer at various places today. And I salute all of you. So there are a lot of noble people that are working on this holiday. And you get a shout out for me on this show. But Also, I have to give a shout out to the fact that we do have that college basketball game going on right now. You've got Georgetown and San Diego State. It wound up being San Diego State, a five and a half point favorite on the open. On the close, they closed pretty much eight across the board. And the total of 133 had a very slight move down. Anywhere between 132 and a half and 132 is what it wound up closing. And if you're looking to dive in live, 
Right now, your live total is a 148 as Georgetown currently down by a count of 56 to 52 as it has been all San Diego State thus far. And we've been seeing just some very interesting results in general when it comes to this college basketball Thursday as you've got all these tournaments that are going on. And it really is one of my favorite times of year. You get these just random matchups in random places anywhere from like California, the Bahamas. We saw a tournament a few days ago in Cancun, Mexico. And then you wind up getting things in like Missoula, Montana, a place I've actually been. The people of Missoula, Montana are very good, but you just take a look at everything that we've got going on in general. And it's been very fascinating to say the least. Biggest result was Iona being able to knock off Alabama earlier today. Alabama, 10th ranked team in the country, goes down by a count of 72 to 68. And Iona is a team that was badly slept on coming into the year. They are a team that we are still sleeping on. Here's the wins for Iona. And I would argue that among all teams not named Gonzaga of pretty much any team that doesn't wind up getting these primetime opportunities, this is the most impressive ledger of wins that any team has been able to accrue throughout the college basketball season. They went against an Appalachian State team that won the Sun Belt Tournament and made the NCAA Tournament last year to be able to lead off the season. They knock off a Harvard team that many people, including myself, think might be able to win the Ivy League this season. They knock off a Hofstra team that they went to overtime against Houston to lead off the year and a Hofstra team that year in and year out their towards the top of the Colonial. They wind up knocking off Liberty, a team that wanted making the NCAA tournament in 2019 and 2021. Everyone, aside from maybe myself, wanted picking them to be able to win the Atlantic Sun. I've got Eastern Kentucky personally, but I mean, that's another good win. North Alabama is North Alabama. And now you wind up knocking off Alabama on a neutral court. I mean, this is an Iona team that they've got all the goods and it's a big reason why when it comes to your handicapping of college basketball, always got to take a look at coaching. And it's not that I think that Nate Oates is a bad coach. I think that he's a tremendous coach for Alabama. But there's only one Rick Pitino in college basketball. He's still a top five coach, in my opinion. I mean, you just take a look at what he's been able to do with this Iona program in a very short amount of time. He winds up coming in after the previous regime was able to have so much success. But you can tell that there was just a little bit of disjointedness because you had an interim situation during that 2019-20 season. You wound up having that north of 50-day COVID pause when it came to this Iona team as well, and they still made the NCAA tournament last year. And now you've got guys like Barrick Jean-Louis doing a good job for you. Dylan Van Eyck just does a little bit of this and that. Rick Pitino has really done a good job of being able to stay up with the times. And I actually would argue the fact that he wound up coaching out there in Europe for a year or two actually might've helped him because now he got a little bit of a fresh perspective. Guy is literally coached everywhere and he winds up being able to get it done for an Iona team that is relatively rock solid. And throughout the show today, going to give you guys just some trends that we're seeing in college basketball in general, because we are seeing some conferences have a lot of success. The Metro Atlantic has been a little bit up and down with Iona, obviously being able to carry the mail for this conference, but we've also seen some downs as well as now it is an 11 point game, by the way, for Georgetown as they are looking to try to cover the 8-56-45. You got 12 minutes left in this one, but when it comes to his former team, they wound up pulling off a nice win as well. I thought Mississippi State was going to be able to pull this off and they were going to be able to win the game comfortably, but Louisville, 72 to 58. The big thing for Louisville is that they were without Chris Mack in this game. Chris Mack is currently serving a six-game suspension due to the whole Dino Gaudio situation, which 
That was just absolutely unfortunate. I mean, I know that a lot of people have probably read up on it. If you haven't, you can read up on it and you're going to be like, wow, how petty is this? But for Louisville, a very good win after they had lost on their home floor to Furman. They had looked very much less than impressive against Detroit a little bit earlier. And for Mississippi State, they wind up shooting 19% in the first half. You got to sort of take this one of two ways when you wind up seeing situations like this where a team comes out and they are as cold as the Arctic. Give a little bit of credit to Louisville. They were playing some very good defense, and then you also wind up chalking it up as an outlier. This is not a case in which, if you, like me, want up liking Mississippi State in this game, you don't drop them like 15 points in your power rankings or anything like that. You don't do anything extreme. But at the same time, you you take it into account. Mississippi State have been playing some lesser competition. So it's one of those things where you sort of split the difference. Don't wind up going completely on tilt. Don't wind up just completely souring on a team because they don't wind up covering for you once. And at the same time, don't just chalk it up as absolutely nothing either. I think that that's really the best way to go about it. We do live in a world in which it feels like everything is the greatest or the worst thing ever. When in reality, Mississippi State, they aren't the number one team in all of college basketball. And they're not Mississippi Valley State either. So you always want to take that into account. And by the way, Mississippi State... One of 15 from three-point range in this game. I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that in their next game in this Bahamas championship that they're going to shoot a little bit better than that. And for Louisville, been a little bit of an interesting ride for this team as they wound up having Mason Faulkner go into the program very late in the process. You may remember at Western Carolina last year, had darn near 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists, stat sheet suffer but he was expected to have the ball in his hands quite a bit. He's now been coming off the bench for this team. They're trying to get him acclimated into the fold, and it's been going better and better for him, though. I will say, if you're a fan of the ACC, it just has not necessarily been the world's greatest ride to begin the year, and I will give you a power conference that's actually having a worse go of it against the spread. A little bit later in the show, you will be shocked at one of these conferences that is within the technical power five. That has just been absolutely terrible if you've been betting on them this year. But when it comes to what we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday as well, we'll get to the NFL in a minute, but we've got a really interesting result as well when it came to Baylor versus VCU because VCU had played each out of their first five games to the under in college basketball. Opening total on this VCU-Baylor game was 129. Goes is anywhere between 128 and 129, and once you know it, it hits 130. Baylor was able to get it done against VCU by a count of 69 to 61. So if you, like me, wound up having the over, it was not just a sweat, but, I mean, what is the level beyond sweat? A drench? We'll call it a drench. Why in the heck not? That's exactly what it was. But Baylor is able to get there. They go 18 to 24 at the free throw line. But this is a VCU team that they have now become pretty much the new Virginia in that they have a little bit of a different style than Virginia. But I mean, these games are but ugly. I feel like you need a mouth guard every time you wind up watching a VCU game because you're just going to see a whole bunch of turnovers. You're going to see bodies hitting the floor. You're going to just see smash mouth basketball. It's insane. You've got VCU just hitting nothing from three-point range, but they're one of the better defensive teams that you're going to find. And for Baylor, they want to committing 18 turnovers in this one. James Akinjo committing seven of those. So you certainly wound up seeing a little bit of disjointedness, to say the least, when it came to that offense. So, And it's certainly something that I'm going to be taking a look at moving forward. And when it comes to the NFL, obviously we're going to be talking quite a bit about the National Football League throughout the show. But 
I mean, it's a good thing I'm a college basketball fan because I am very fortunate that I didn't sit through the entirety of the three hours of the Bears versus the Lions game. Now, I wound up sitting through some of it because obviously it's Thanksgiving Day and hopefully you guys had a better turkey than you wound up having a time watching this game because my goodness gracious, when you wind up hearing people talking about, oh, my least favorite part of Thanksgiving is watching football. For one, you're probably talking to a non-sports fan. And for two, you're probably talking to people who wind up being privy to watching the early game with the Lions every year, and that winds up souring them a little bit. 16 to 14 was the final in this one, and the clock management from the Lions was not necessarily great with taking back-to-back timeouts with about a buck 50 left, but I mean, if you wound up taking the points with the Lions, you were able to get there to the window because of it, so a big shout-out there, but I mean, man, you've got yourself just a very bad situation with regards to both of these teams. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Matt Nagy because we were hearing so many reports that this would be the last game that he winds up coaching with the Bears. I mean, obviously, he winds up coming out and denying it because I mean, if he would have come out and been like, oh, yeah, this is my last game. I'm out. Peace out, guys. Yeah, that, that probably wouldn't have sent necessarily the world's greatest sign. But, I mean, I was someone that I personally wanted to take the Bears when they wound up going down to two and a half. Thought that it was a good spot because you figure that the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton, for one, he's got something to prove. And for two, you got to feel like some of these guys had a little bit of affinity for Matt Nagy and they would go out there and they would fight for their coach. So, I mean, you want to be able to just have a little bit of a human approach when it comes to that. And we're going to be talking about what we wound up seeing in the NFL on Thursday. And we're going to be turning it forward next. That is right here on The Look At on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. This segment of The Look At is brought to you by Zing Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no more batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zin Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it has never been easier to find your Zin. So head to zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That is zyn.com slash find. And warning, this this product does contain nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson. And typically on this show, you don't get a lot of live action. I wind up doing the Greg Peterson experience, which is right on the same time slot. Only if you're out here on the West Coast, it's on. Friday and Saturday and bleeds into Saturday and Sunday. If you're out there on the East Coast, that would be Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 a.m. But we've got live action, and all of a sudden, Georgetown has been able to claw their way back into it. You're now fighting Georgetown. It looks like you're going to be getting a foul call as well. They're right now reviewing this, but Georgetown all of a sudden has went from being absolutely dead in the water to being able to perhaps cover this 8.5-point spread. It is now 51-57 to 57 with 10 minutes left to go. On the live line, Georgetown now catching six and a half points. They want to be closing an eight-point underdog. Total has plummeted a little bit as well. Just in the last segment, this live total was a 148. It is now down to a 144. So we're going to be keeping you guys in mind on this. And it is something big that I always stress when it comes to especially college basketball. This is now 57 to 53, by the way. It's something that I always stress. Do not ever go out there and declare a game over before it's over. Do not be that guy that goes on Twitter. You see a team down by kind of 15 to two. And if you want to take the team that has a 15, congratulate someone on a bad pick or the team that has to just completely poop on someone because there's a good chance that you're going to look really, really bad. And trust me, people like myself keep receipts. So it is always so hilarious when I see someone say, Oh, it's a bad pick. And then it winds up hitting by like 30 points. So, don't be that person. Just a little bit of advice. These games are long unless you wind up taking some alternate like first 10 minutes, first 20 minutes. And well, the first half has already gone by. You don't want to be that person. It never ends well. And what advantage do you get by saying it in game and rather than when the game actually wraps up and you know that you will not be getting ridicule if it winds up not coming through. So that's just my little piece of advice there. But 
a little piece of advice I always wind up giving as well is that you want to take into account everything that you wound up seeing the previous day or previous week, what have you, and implement that into your handicapping. We want to take a look at a lot of college basketball results in the first segment. And when it comes to the NFL, I know that there were a lot of survivor pool picks that wound up having the Dallas Cowboys, and those went down in a very, very fiery heap of smoke today as you wound up seeing the Las Vegas Raiders pull off the win by a count of 36-33, and all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys have lost a little bit of ground in their division, and for a Raiders team that, let's call it what it is, they've had one of the most tumultuous seasons that you're going to find. I mean, between the Henry Ruggs situation, John Gruden getting canned, all of this happening within like a four-week span, for the Raiders to be 6-5 and five right now is nothing short of a Herculean feat. I mean, with everything that this team has dealt with, with the team having Josh Jacobs banged up for a few weeks, for this team getting just completely torched a few weeks ago against the Kansas City Chiefs on national television, for them to be sitting here at 6-5, and five, you got to give them a lot of credit. And I do credit the Raiders for deciding, you know what, we're going to have a little bit more balance in this game. They had 35 rush attempts and 39 pass attempts. So they did a good job of being able to limit to being able to just ironing that out. And for the Cowboys, it was pass, pass, pass. 47 passes and 20 runs. Obviously, it's becoming a little bit more of a passing league, but I still do think that there are value, there's value with teams that they do wind up being able to mix it up a little bit more when you wind up utilizing the run. It does set up the play action, and it sets up things down the field as well. It keeps just defenders in general on their toes. So I do think that the Raiders' game plan in this one was very good. And Hunter Renfro, 134 yards. That was Absolutely insane. And you just take a look at this Cowboys team in general as well. Dak Prescott, very solid game. He winds up going for 375 yards. He took only one sack. He didn't throw an interception, but he only gave Ezekiel Elliott nine carries and Tony Pollard 10. That just really, it doesn't sit well with me to say the least. I am someone that I am from the great state of Wisconsin and I soured very quickly on Mike McCarthy. I did figure that at some point, Mike McCarthy's clock management would wind up nicking him in the butt, and I could see a case in which at least one game throughout the rest of the year, if not two, the Cowboys might wind up losing this game because Mike McCarthy has no idea how to manage a clock. This has become very clear this season, but, I mean, man, it's just one of these cases in which got to give it up to the Raiders, everything that they were able to do in this one. And for the Dallas Cowboys, a very tough loss in what is becoming just a more and more shall we say, interesting NFC because, I mean, I feel like when it comes to the AFC, we've all been just sort of sitting here chucking up our hands saying, who's really the best team? I think what it's all said and done, it might be the Chiefs with regards to their ceiling. Right now, they are not, but man, that is a very tough debate. But now in the NFC as well, obviously, you've got the Packers, you've got the Arizona Cardinals. When the Cardinals are at full staff, you got to feel like they're doing a solid job there. But I mean, when it comes to the NFL in general, We've got a lot of intrigue when it comes to teams that are going to be able to make the postseason, teams that are going to be able to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you just take a look at the NFC Conference odds right now. You got the Buccaneers at a plus 275. You have the Cardinals at plus $4. The Packers at plus 450. Cowboys are coming in at plus $5. I would have them below the Rams right now, obviously. You then just have that just bevy of other teams. Like, you've got the Vikings at 25-1. to You've got the Eagles at 25-1. to the Saints are 65 to 1 at this point after what we wound up seeing against the Buffalo Bills. I don't think 265 to 1 is worth taking a shot on, but we'll get to that in a minute. But you take a look at just the NFC in general, and 
I do think that you've got a lot more murkiness now. A lot of people, you just default to Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's been able to do a really good job, but I still think that the Rams have some lethality if you wind up getting Odell Beckham Jr. up and running, and yes, I just made up a word in lethality. Hopefully it's a good one, but I mean, it's just an NFC that in general, I like the Packers, but at the same time, you've now got Aaron Rodgers dealing with the random foot issue and taking off his dirty sock in front of everyone in the media. And man, I think that you've got yourself just a really intriguing race in general. And the Cowboys, when they're at full strength as well, they're a team that they're going to be a lot more dangerous too, as right now, what is very dangerous is you just wound up having a windmill dunk in this Georgetown versus San Diego State game, San Diego State back up 61-53, 7.42 remaining after Georgetown was able to cut that to four. We'll be keeping you guys abreast of that, and I have to be keeping up with one of the powers in, out there in the AFC as well because I talked about it. The AFC right now doesn't necessarily have that one definitively team that has really been able to separate themselves, though we thought it might be the Buffalo Bills a few weeks ago. They have fallen back to the pack, but this was certainly a good step in being able to restore order, for lack of a better term, for the Bills. They wind up taking down the New Orleans Saints by kind of 31-6, to just a bad effort, to say the least, out of the Saints. And really, you can't blame the Saints in this spot. They just had a whole bunch of injuries. Marcus Davenport was out on the defense. You're dealing with Trevor Simeon at the quarterback spot. You had no Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara, when it comes to players that aren't quarterbacks, I feel like he's one of the most meaningful in all of college football just the way that he impacts the Saints game because he doesn't just run the ball really well. He also is a very good pass catcher on the backfield. When you're down Jameis Winston, you rely upon him more and more, and, well, it didn't wind up going well for the Saints in general. Now, Josh Allen still have some concerns with him because he did wind up throwing two interceptions in this game. That's not necessarily what you want to see out of him for Josh Allen. Now, he has thrown multiple picks in each out of the last two weeks and now three out of the last four and in general has had seven interceptions over the last four games. So that is something that you want to be keeping note of, in my opinion. So I do think that the Bills have to go back to basics. They have to try to run the ball a little bit more, but they wanted pretty much having a three-headed monster when it came to their ground game. As you had Allen being able to scramble out there, he was able to wind up logging 43 yards, but Devin Singletary along with Matt Breida, they were able to do a good job of just being able to take the pressure off. You didn't wind up having any sort of big gainer, but when it comes to the Bills, just being able to take a little bit of pressure off of Josh Allen, being able to establish a run so that way you're able to run some play action. I think that that's very critical. I like what they were able to do in this game. And when it comes to the Saints, man, it's just not looking good for them in general. This is a team that is going to miss the postseason. You've got Trevor Simeon out there, and God bless him. He is trying, but it's just a uphill battle in general. So I do think that the Saints are a little bit doomed when it comes to just trying to be able to bust through and trying to be able to make the postseason. I think that it's a little bit of a lost cause for them. So I think that that is something that you want to be taking note of. And when it comes to a lost cause as well, if you, like me, wound up having Mississippi State, both in college basketball and in college football, I wound up having them in both. That was honestly too good. I had to get that rant in, but that sets up what we're going to be talking about next right here on The Look At. We've got a lot of college football games that's going to be going down on the Black Friday. Hopefully the Black Friday means that you're going to be in the black with regards to your profits. We're going to try to make that a reality next right here on The Look At on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
It is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Greg Peterson coming at you from lovely Circa, the wonderful resort and sportsbook out here in Las Vegas. Hopefully you and yours have are having slash had a good Thanksgiving. And if you're going out for Black Friday, hopefully you get some good deals. And also, I will tell you this a few times throughout the show, be nice to the people that are working on Black Friday. I am someone that... In high school and college, I wound up working at TJ Maxx. I worked five Black Fridays. I can tell you right now, it is it is a feat what these people wind up doing. So always be nice to the people that are checking you out, trying to do everything that they can so that way your loved one is able to get the present that they desire at Christmas at a good price. So give them a little bit of respect. And we've got to give a little bit of respect to San Diego State right now as they're currently up by a count of 66 of 54. You've got... Five and a half minutes remaining in this one. Georgetown winds up closing as an eight-point underdog, and it looks like they just got called for a charge. So you've got a game that is going to be a little bit harebrained here as this is a total that I want to closing anywhere between 132 and a half and 133. So right now you're in good shape with the over, but with that said, we have seen strange things happen in college basketball. Games can die just at any second, and at the same time, you might wind up seeing a big giant march to the free throw line as well. So we are going to be keeping ourselves up to date on that. And hey, that's a good lead in for what we're going to be talking about next because we've got a lot of college football that's going to be coming up on Friday. So we're going to take the next few segments to take a look at these. And we've got one very early involving San Diego State. If you thought I was going to be saying Georgetown, well, unfortunately they play out there in the Patriot League. So there is that when it comes to when it comes to football, it's always interesting when you wind up seeing some of these teams, they wind up playing in different conferences when it comes to college basketball and football. But when it comes to this Boise State versus San Diego State game, a very interesting line as you've got San Diego State, currently a three-point home underdog, and your total on this game is 44.5. I just cannot bring myself to laying three points here with Boise State. Now, if you're seeing Boise State laying three points in a lot of spots, you're going to get a little bit of better juice. You're going to get like even money minus 105 rather than the ten- standard minus 110. But I just take a look at the spot for San Diego State. I do recognize that they've been not necessarily the most impressive team in the world, but 10 and 1 is 10 and 1. Things were a little bit airy against UNLV. They barely got past Nevada. The game against Hawaii was not necessarily easy, but time and time again, they're able to get the job done. And for Boise State, you do have to say that this has been an offense in the last few weeks has looked very solid. Hank Brockmeyer has been able to come in. He wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the year, but he's been able to cut down on the interceptions. Just one pick thrown over the last four weeks, so that is exactly what this team needs. Can be a little bit inaccurate, but overall for the year, right around a 64% completion rate. But I do take a look at San Diego State. This has been a team that time and time again, really ever since the end of the Brady Hoke era, that has been hanging in their head on defense. And I do think that they're going to be able to do so once again. Now, when it comes to this game, it's going to be very fascinating because I think that it's like the last game of which it's going to be played at this stadium, if I remember correctly. So you've got a little bit of something going on there. But you take a look at Lucas Johnson for San Diego State. I think the big key for him is just being efficient. He doesn't need to do too much. He's been someone that has been called upon and has done a relatively solid job. He's thrown one interception over the last three weeks, and that's what you need him to do because this is a San Diego State team that they're built on being able to run the ball, have good defense. They don't need someone to go out there and throw for 400 yards. They don't need someone to rack up five touchdowns or anything like that. They just need someone to do a solid job when you've got a third and five, 
can complete the seven to eight yard pass, be able to move the chains. I think that that is going to be just paramount to San Diego State in this spot. And I think that they're going to be able to do it. They've been able to do so all year long. And when it comes to this game with regards to the total, I think that it's really fascinating what you've got with a 9 a.m. Pacific tip. This actually helps out Boise State a little bit because the state of Idaho is out there in the mountain time zone. So, I mean, that gives them a little bit of an advantage. I think that Boise is out there in the mountain time zone. I would need to double check that, but I think that gives them a very slight edge, but it's not really anything that's going to be too impactful. But, I mean, when you wind up having a 9 a.m. start time, it does wind up require, it does typically lead to a little bit of sleepwalking. I think that that gives a little bit more of an edge to the defense, but that's built into the total as well. At 44.5, it is a very low total. We've seen Boise State just do absolutely tremendous work on defense. 18 points or fewer. Give it up in every one of their games within this four-game win streak. They've really given up 24 points or fewer, and now each out of the last six weeks. So they have been very dominant on that side of the ball. If I'd be looking at anything, I'd be taking a look at the under, but I do think that San Diego State going to be able to do enough to be able to get it done. I don't just like the three. I like them on the money line. I think that we're going to be seeing quite a bit of carnage on this college football Friday when it comes to a lot of underdogs being able to come through. And let's give you guys another one. Kansas State and Texas. Texas is back to being a disappointment, and yet they're still a three-point favorite. Your total on this game, one is sitting at 52.5. When it comes to Kansas State, we don't need to take a look at the plus three. I'm taking a look at the plus 130 money line in this spot. You take a look at this Texas bunch, and it's Murphy's Law with his team. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, they lost to Kansas, and it was not on the hardwood. That's all that needs to be said. Now, Lance Lightbold, I'll give him a little bit of credit because I actually... I'm a graduate of the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh while I was in college, actually. He was the coach at UW-Whitewater. That UW-Whitewater team wound up winning, I think it was in his tenure, 93% of their games, and I'm not even kidding. He was one of the most dominant T3 coaches we have ever seen. He then winds up going up to Buffalo, and he did a very solid job at Buffalo, and now at Kansas, he's doing a good job. But taking a look at Kansas State, they've really been impressive recently. They do wind up dropping that game. Last week against Baylor, but I mean, is there any shame really in a 20 to 10 loss against Baylor? I really don't think so. And other than that, they had that nice one against West Virginia. They were able to dispatch Kansas and very convincingly, they take down TCU in good fashion as well. They go to Lubbock, they take down Texas Tech, and then for the Longhorns, loss, 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 loss in their last five games. And they haven't necessarily looked good in a lot of these losses as well. I mean, they gave up 57 points to Kansas. Not on the hardwood once again. They gave up 57 points to Kansas. That is where this defense is at right now. I mean, the quarterback spot, it has been a big, giant mess as it was Hudson Card who wanted to begin out the year for the team. Now you wind up just having a bevy of various offensive weapons for the team. And I will say, Casey Thompson has been able to do a relatively solid job when he's been called upon. The eight interceptions is a little bit unsightly, but it hasn't necessarily been, that, been bad. So you've been able to have some solid work there, and I will give them credit as well with Bijan Robinson. Robinson has been tremendous on the ground. He's been racking up right around six yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. He wanted missing last week's game, though, so I mean, it's just one of these things in which it just keeps on accumulating for the Texas team. You got everything just going wrong for them, and then you take a look at the flip side. For this Kansas State team, they seem to be playing with all the zeal, all the momentum, despite the fact that they wind up losing last week. They've been able to do a little bit of a better job on offense. On defense, they have been rock solid as well. I think that they're going to be able to pull this one off. 
You can tell that there's just a lack of momentum when it comes to Texas. There's just a belief that something will go wrong. And for Kansas State, I feel like the regime over there is actually doing a relatively solid job. Juice Vaughn has been able to give you 1,100 yards on the ground for 14 touchdowns. This is a Texas team that they have not been doing a good job in any facet of defense whatsoever. So which I'm going to be taking a look at the money line here. And I know that Scott Seidenberg, who typically is in on this show, I am filling in for him because he wanted to in the nightcap. He wound up talking in one of the final segments about this game as well. The very, very strange Iowa-Nebraska line. Nebraska's a one-point favorite with their starting quarterback, Adrian Martinez, out, and your total on this game is 41. I mean, my goodness. You've got an Iowa team that it's not even like they're in a spot where they're not going to be up for this game because if Iowa wins, they wind up going to the Big Ten Championship game. If they wind up losing, they wind up going to probably the Capital One Bowl, the Outback Bowl, which, I mean, the Outback Bowl is not too bad. You wind up giving free blooming onions. So, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but if you're Iowa, you probably would rather be going to one of those New Year's Six Bowls rather than the good old Outback Bowl, though it's never a bad time to be eating fresh in the Outback, but you take a look at Nebraska and, Man, it's been a bad year for this team. They're 3-8 and eight overall, 1-7 in conference. They're without their starting quarterback, and they're a one-point favorite. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. There's got to be something that, I mean, I'm just missing out on, but, I mean, I'm going to be the idiot that takes the cheese. I'm going to take Iowa on the money line because, I mean, I just, it's one of those things in which I, it's beyond stink. I mean, we always talk about stinky lines. We always talk about trap lines. This isn't a trap line. This isn't a stinky line. This just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. All I can do is sit here and laugh. I can't think of another time in which I've ever seen something just so obscure and so strange. I, I'm trying to look to see if there's like been some sort of an unreported illness or something like that. If maybe like some turf monster is going to be coming out and only attacking Iowa players. And I haven't found any of it, so... We're going to wind up taking Iowa here. I, I recognize that Iowa hasn't necessarily looked the world's most sharp in recent weeks, but I've got absolutely no faith whatsoever in Logan Smothers, who is a career 7 of 11 this year, so he's always open to disappointment for you, and I think that's going to be a rough day. So we're going to take Iowa on the money line, and we're going to keep the college football chat rolling on the other side. Give you guys some more picks for a college football Friday right here on the nightcap. They're right here on the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen A. Smith when I'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith show podcast tune in every Monday Wednesday and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And Black Friday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN, sport, to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis insights and data for the rest of the season plus 20 smackaroos to be able to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs and other great deals and other great gear. Hurry up. This is a limited time offer so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift that is at VSIN.com slash subscribe as it is a look at right here with myself Greg Peters so we're going to be taking a look at some more college football in a second but if you, like me, wound up having the over in Georgetown versus San Diego State, this has unexpectedly became a sweat as San Diego State just missed a free throw. 50 seconds left, 73 to 56. This is a total of which it closed anywhere between 132 and 132 and a half. So that hook might be coming into play very, very quickly here. You wound up having a live total. I kid you not, when I wound up coming on this show about 45 or so minutes ago, that was set at a 148, and this game has just completely cratered and died. You remember me talking about not congratulating someone too early on a pick or not disparaging someone too quickly on a pick? These are the reasons why. At any point, a team can go on a run. At any point, one of these games can wind up dying. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to college basketball because you're going to see these multiple times every single night for the rest of the college basketball season as that was a very ugly brick from San Diego State. We've got 18 seconds left. And if you are on the over in this Georgetown versus San Diego State game, you pretty much need a four-point play. That is the way that's going right now as the ball was just thrown away. And this total is somehow, someway going to go under. 73-56. to 56. San Diego State is able to get the 
as they will get the cover. This was looking like it was in quite a bit of doubt as well as the game was, I believe, with eight minutes remaining. 50, I think it was 59 to 54. I mean, you're going to take a look at just the just the play-by-play because I always love when you wind up seeing it on ESPN. And sometimes you're able to see the glory of it. And sometimes you're just able to see the absolute horror of it as well. And this is a <clears throat> this is a case in which it's just the absolute horror of it as well. Because, I mean, with Georgetown, they were down by a count of 53 to 57 with 939 remaining. San Diego State for the final 939 outscored them 16 to 3 to be able to get San Diego State to the window and the under. I mean, my goodness. You just wound up seeing Georgetown completely poop out at the end of this game. They wind up getting held to a grand total of three points, the final 939, to not get you the over or the cover. So if you wind up having Georgetown, well, it's probably a feeling of similar to the indigestion that you wind up having if you wind up having too much jerky. And that's the joys of sports betting because we all always say, oh, that's our last time doing that. And we'll be back for more tomorrow. So there's always a lot of fun. And it's always a lot of fun to be able to take a look at some college football as well. We've got a loaded slate on what is going to be just a grand Friday of college football. Actually, we wound up going through a few games that we're going to be taking a look at in the last segment. But let's take a look at a few more. I wound up highlight. I wound up highlighting some of the home underdog or some of the underdogs in general that I do like on this college football Friday. And I think that there's going to be a few more that are going to provide a little bit of value, but I don't think that this is a game in which it's going to be happening. Cincinnati and Eastern Carolina, East Carolina find themselves as a 14 point underdog right now. I just feel like Cincinnati has everything in the world to play for when it comes to the Cincinnati Bearcats team. I like the way that they wound up looking against SMU. And I think that it's just an East Carolina bunch that is a little bit outgunned in general. When it comes to East Carolina, it's certainly been a little bit of an up and down team. They've got a little bit of offensive firepower, but just take a look at the way that the Cincinnati defense has been able to bear down all season. I think it's going to be very tough for Aylers and company to be able to get things going through the pass game. And when it comes to Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter has just been doing enough for this team. I know that he was listed on like the Heisman Trophy outs quite a bit this season, and I felt like that wasn't necessarily warranted because I mean, Ritter hasn't necessarily done anything out of the ordinary, but it's just because he has been able to lock in. Last week against SMU was the first time in four weeks that he didn't throw an interception, and I think that that's just so critical. Just be able to stay within himself, not do too much for the Cincinnati team because this team has all the weapons in the world. They're very well coached under Luke Fickle. Fickle's been able to do a tremendous job when it comes to this team in general. And then you take a look at the flip side and this East Carolina team, they do wind up turning the ball over a little bit too much, which I do think is going to be a massive issue for them. (laughs) Because when you take a look at what you've got with the quarterbacking spot, you've had nine interceptions overall this year from Holton Ellers. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of a bugaboo and three interceptions last three weeks as well. So hasn't necessarily been in the world's greatest recent form even though the team has been able to get by even despite the fact that he's been throwing these interceptions but I take a look at Cincinnati a team that has the chance to be the first group of five team to be able to make the college football playoff in history I think that they realize this I think that they're going to be able to come together I think that they're going to run the ball a lot as well because I do like the way that Ford has been able to produce and they're going up against an East Carolina defense that 
giving up darn near 165 yards a game with Jerome Ford. Six yards for carry, 16 touchdowns. Has been, in my opinion, one of the most underrated offensive skill players out there in college football. So I'm going to be laying the 14 here with Cincinnati. I do think that they're going to be able to get it done in this spot, and I think that they're going to be able to do so in convincing fashion. I think that there's going to be a little bit more value when it comes to this underdog as you've got Colorado and Utah. <clears throat> as you've got Colorado, who's finding themselves as an absolutely massive underdog in this spot. But when it comes to this Colorado bunch, they have had their moments in which they've actually looked halfway decent, but at the same time, you do have a Utah squad that we all know that they wound up having that big win against Oregon. So as a result, we have now seen this line move to 24 and got a total of 51 and a half in this game. And I do feel like with Utah, they should be able to win this game by, I would say two touchdowns, maybe even 17 points. But I think that when you've hit this mark of 24, it's just gotten a little bit too lofty. When it comes to Utah, they've been able to do an absolutely superb job of being able to move the ball on the ground. So I think that, that is really going to be a bread and butter staple for them in this game. And then you take a look at this Colorado bunch, and it certainly has been tough for them through the air all season long. Let's call it what it is. You've been having just a little bit of stagnation when it comes to it. And for Colorado, I will say. They are giving up right around 171 yards through the ground. So I do think that Utah is certainly going to be able to move the ball that way. But when it comes to Colorado as well, they're going up against a Utah defense that hasn't necessarily been the best at being able to stop the ground game as well. And Jarek Broussard has been able to do a good job recently for this team. He wound up having a pair of 100-plus yard games against Oregon State and UCLA. So I think that it's going to be a Colorado bunch that they're going to try to move the ball through the ground. Are they going to have a ton of success with it? I think that they'll have a little bit. I think that they'll have enough to be able to hang in this game. I think the key for Utah is just not turning the ball over in general because we have seen it with this team. When they wind up turning the ball over, bad things happen, but they've been able to go on this win streak because they've been able to rein it in because they haven't tried to do a little bit too much. And that has been just such a key for this Utah team in general. I think that Utah is going to be able to get a win. I do think that if you wind up taking the the over with regards to their win total, I think that they're going to be able to cash that. But I just think that this is going to be a spot in which it's just a case of a couple too many points when it comes to what Utah is laying here against Colorado. A Colorado team in which they're used to playing in strange spots because they are from Boulder. We always hear about the mountain road trip when it comes to college basketball. So I think that that'll allow Colorado to be able to hang in this game. I do think that the TCU versus Iowa State game is going to allow TCU to be able to hang in there as well as you've got a Iowa State team that find themselves a little bit north of a two touchdown favor. You're finding this line in a lot of spots right around a 15. Total on this game is anywhere between a 60 to a 60 and a half. And when it comes to what you've been able to get out of Iowa State this year, this has been one of the more disappointing teams, in my opinion, in all of college football. And a big reason why Brock Purdy just never was able to take the next step forward when it came to Iowa State. I mean, every single year it looked like, oh, Brock Purdy, he's finally going to be able to light it up for Iowa State. He's finally going to be able to come in and go from being a little bit less of a game manager and into a little bit more of the man. And that just never wound up happening. Meanwhile, you take a look at the CCU team. They did wind up pretty much parting ways with Gary Patterson after his just absolutely tremendous ride there at TCU building up the program to what it is now. But I do think that with TCU, they are going to be able to hold this game because I think that they're going to be able to do just enough to be able to hold down Breeze Hall. Hall has been absolutely tremendous when it comes to 
being able to rack up yards on the ground at TCU. Let's call it what it is. The rush defense has been one of the worst out there in college football with all 17 touchdowns, 1,200 yards, but he has been very average here the last few weeks, 70 yards or fewer in three out of the last five games. So I do think that when it comes to TCU, they are going to be able to do a better job of being able to contain Brees Hall on the ground and Brock Purdy guy that I have absolutely no faith in whatsoever when he winds up airing it out. So, going to be taking the points here with Iowa State. And in the next hour, we're going to be taking a look at a whole lot of hoops, both NBA and college basketball. That's on the other side, right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.